0: All right, brother, if you will, let's turn to Matthew chapter six. This won't be my text, but it'll be the first place we'll be looking at. <clears throat> Matthew chapter six. I want to. I hope I can give you a gift this morning. I worked pretty hard at it. <laughs> I hope. I hope the Lord make you accept. Uh, I want to give you a gift about giving. I want to give you a gift about giving. I I look back, I thought well, I've preached on giving several times. No, I haven't, unless I delete the notes. Um, I I haven't, I haven't taught you this yet. Uh, I went through it. So a man taught me, and I thought I want to use his outline. That was a real good outline. And then I got to studying, and there was a fella older than that man that taught me that had that same outline. And I thought, hmm, maybe it's a good one. Henry did that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he rehashed as a fellow accused me one time he rehashed old Spurgeon's message God taught him something and that truth was the same in Spurgeon's time and then I noticed that Spurgeon he got that from somebody else and you know what it went all the way back this outline we ought to take note that's why I hand out the bulletins got notes on the back if you'd like to write it down if you don't that's okay but maybe you can go back and listen to the message this goes all the way back to Paul Paul gave us this outline and and it goes back a little bit further than that that's where Paul got it from this is a good one. I hope it's a good gift to you. And I thought, I put this off for a while, and I thought, if the Lord gives us milk, and we hear that old, old story, and we just we hear about our sin and Christ, and that's true, and that's right, and that's the basis of everything. It's Him. He's all. But there's a little baby there in the back that can't eat meat. She's got to have milk, don't she? Well there's as as there's another baby back here, a little fella. He can have a little bit of solids, can't he? Start giving him some vegetables and some meats and we got to grow a little bit. And I thought, what better time to preach on giving? What better day of the year than today? What better time? Most false preachers they speak of giving often. And I I have never met a faithful God-sent man who has the spirit with him that That wasn't leery of preaching on giving, we shouldn't be that way the lord's he devotes two whole chapters to it, and some over in first corinthians uh also and, and but in fact, every single message we do preach on giving we preach on what the Lord's done for us, him giving his son for us, our need of him giving us something that's every message, isn't it. We just read that in Isaiah 9 for our scripture reading. Unto us a child is born. There was a human that showed up. A body was made for him. But unto us a son was given. That's our gospel. It was something was given, wouldn't it? You reckon as faithful children of God, we ought to learn something about it? We have preconceived. I know about that. No, we don't. God wouldn't waste his time teaching us in his book and sending us people to teach us. That same message for a long time. <laughs> We need to learn something. Grace is the source of giving. Did you know that? Giving is a grace. That is the means of the motive. That's the conduit which the Lord does it in, the, in this this arena of God-inspired, true giving. That's where it takes place. It happens in a, in a way of grace. People read there in Luke 6, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. Oh, I learned something about what giving is too. It ain't just money. Money is a legal tender. But with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. People have a lot of, they know a lot of scripture and they don't understand a lick of it. They don't know the gospel from a hole in the ground. Take that and say, well, that's seed money. And if you give, you'll get more back and you'll get a better job. And it's hogwash. Lord may give you a better job. He may not. You may end up broke. He said, I'll pour out blessings from heaven. He says, we'll pour out, uh gold back currency from heaven. He said blessings. And that's why he said, men will bless in your bosom, in your heart. Not in your pocketbook. That's where most people's most people's love is right there in that pocketbook. And they, they have all these other names that come up other than covetous to call it. <laughs> oh well I'm this and I'm that. No, no, you're covetous. God says so. The motive that is not of grace Hear me. I should have preached this years ago. A motive of giving that's not of grace is a false motive. What what's the false mo- now? Hear me. And if, it's, if the Lord applies this to us, it's just gonna hurt, and that's okay. He's chastening us, he's gonna teach us something, he's gonna keep us as he's promised he will. We've got to learn these things. Giving is a grace. Well, anything that's not a grace that's giving, it's a false motivation. And what are those? I'll give you three of them: duty. You got to give at your duty now you got to that's law, isn't it? We have to the other one is praise any kind of reward people uh, uh, uh praise you, you get your name on something quid pro quo. <laughs> I give this, you give that. it's an investment that's wrong. It's not out of duty. It's not out of some type of getting something back a reward or out of fear. If you don't do this, God's going to make your mortgage rate go up and increase your fire insurance <laughs> no. The Lord's people are, 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 I've seen that happen too, use something as a whip, like look what we did, you ought to be doing more. That is wrong. That's sinful, and God won't bless it. It's not out of duty. It's not out of praise, reward, quid pro quo, and it's not out of fear. Duty, the tithe, right? Everybody knows tithe. There should be a tithe of all the land, and the Lord said, everything. You're going to give me the first fruits of everything. It's mine. Whatever breaks the matrix of the womb, that's mine. Hannah knew that, didn't she? Here's Samuel, take him. But giving, God, the grace that God gives us to give is not driven by duty. Love does not have a formula to adhere to. This isn't driven by need. Well, what do you need? You ever, If y'all married, you go home to your wives, it's Christmas. You say, I'm going to get you a gift. Now, what do you need? I wouldn't need her pie if she made you one. She made poison. <laughs> is that love? That's not love. There's a preacher one time, went and pressed, preached to a group of people, and they said, we won't call him to be our pastor. And they sat around, There's about five of them. And they said, what do you need? He kind of got took it back, because he wasn't used to hearing these kind of things. And they said, well, I need whatever you need. Like, how much it cost you to live is how much it costs me to live. And they said, well, yeah, but what do you need? He said, wise, a wise man. He said, you know what? I got an idea. There's five of you, one of me. Let's put everything we got into a big pot and we'll split it six ways. He didn't, they didn't call him to be their pastor. And guess what? There's not a gospel work in that city right now. Hadn't been. Love doesn't say what you need. There's not a formula to adhere to. That's the letter of the law. That's stoic. That's cold. And we'll see later. That's without purpose. If if we if we tithe, there's that's just math. You're not purposing in your heart. To follow a tithe is contrary to grace. I ain't got to these eight words I'm going to give you yet, but I got to load this gun. It's con- I got to tell you what it ain't. Following a tithe is contrary to grace. It is completely void of love and compassion. It's just routine. It's just math. It's just math. It's saying, what must I do? Not, what can I do? What do I, What's the minimum I got to do to get by? Not, can we do more? We gave a bunch of money last year to some other places. That was a lot. Kevin, could we do more? You see the difference in the attitude? There was, a, there was a, a treasurer that walked with them apostles, didn't he? And he was covetous of that money. name was Judas. I don't want to be that way. I want to give. It's wrong for duty. It's wrong for praise, that's a whip in verse 2, isn't it? People read Proverbs 3, This say, Honor the Lord with thy substance, with thy first fruits. Don't matter what they need, you just give it, because you want to, to him. Of all thine increases, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy precious shall burst out new wine. They'll say, out- outside of grace, if you do this, you'll get something in reward. That's wrong. That's quid pro quo. That's this. That's not grace. It's not grace. That's an investment plan. This for that. Without grace as the motivation, it's wrong. It's not giving to the Lord; it's giving to get. What about praise as a reward? You know Matthew six. Look here in verse one. Matthew six verse one. Take heed that you do not your alms before men. Don't let anybody see what you're giving to be seen of them. Well, here's what you know. What my, me and my family did. Don't tell me that. Oh, we was planning on doing this. I've done this before. La, 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 <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I ain't equipped to hear that. He said, don't you do it to be seen to men. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the street, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. If you want to give something big to the, to the furtherance of the gospel or somebody in the church or something like that and you want people to know about it, you just got your reward. That's all you're going to get. It's the praise of and not the praise of God. Used to, and I've talked about this when we, we quit passing a plate and we got a box in the back. The history of that, I like the history of it. I'm, I am married a woman that's a historian. <laughs> we have good talks. Used to, they would sell pews. If you buy a pew, when after separation of church and state, and the state didn't fund the church no more, they would, they'd lock the door. Ain't nobody leaving until we get X amount of dollars. Or say, you could buy a pew, we put your name on it. We'll send you a little card. You make a pledge card, and, and you pledge to do it, we'll put your name on the wall. Or they had little bags on the end of sticks, and they'd shove it underneath your nose, make you feel guilty. Make you feel you have some fear in it, doesn't it? The Lord will not support his work through guilt, reward, or coercion. He'll either do it through grace, not through food stamps, not through somebody else doing it or or the the handouts of some other false church. It ain't going to happen. He does it through grace. Not coercion, not reward, and not guilt. You ain't going to guilt somebody into giving because you gave more. God ain't going to bless it. He does it by grace, by His grace. By us seeing how gracious he is, and putting love in our hearts, and then us wanting to do something. Not driven to do something, drawn to do something. And then we get the privilege to do that. Down in verse 16, Matthew 6. Fasting is doing without, right? We get that? We always think of food and water and all that. but That could be money too, did you know that? You could have a fast of money. I know what that feels like. We could have a fast of self. We could do without Tending to ourselves and our comfort and are you telling me I got to do something, we could have a fast of time instead of me having all my free time, maybe I could give up my time. We could have a fast of prayer for others, stop praying for ourselves and looking out for our own good and, and praying for somebody else. We could have a fast of bearing burdens instead of me just telling everybody about my burden and belly aching all the time. Maybe I could carry their burden. Let me put that in my backpack for a little while. Long-suffering. Instead of me just being insufferable, maybe I could suffer long. That'd be a fast, wouldn't it? I hope the Lord teaches here. Look here in verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. Oh, that's so sad. That's what he's saying. He's mocking them. They ought to be mocked. They disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to fast. Look how sorrowful I am. Look how heavy my burden is on me. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They want everybody feeling sorry for them. That's all they're going to get. But thou, he speaks to his children, when you fast of money, of, he feels like he's starving to death from the Word of God and he can't, you just in the deepest, dark, darkest depression you've ever seen, or of, of time, or of food, or whatever. When you fast, Anoint thy head and wash thy face. You get cleaned up and go services. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. I knew a lady laboring one time tremendously for the furtherance of the gospel and was getting anything but uh, praise and reward. (laughs) It's the opposite. And a a faithful old believer told her, they said, "You, you ain't just doing this for people. You're doing this to the Lord. This is unto the Lord. I want to have a message of reconciliation, but if it's a message of condemnation, it don't matter to me, and the message don't change. The same thing I got to say, I got to say. To give something in return, that's not love, it's not grace. Duty, not grace. Reward, not grace. And fear, fear. We know what this text says. The master's given us understanding concerning them, but sometimes people take a text and they use it to whip people, and they say, will a man rob God? Malachi 3, you've robbed me. But you say, where have we robbed thee? And he says, in tithes and offerings. You're accursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Oh, no. That's quid pro quo, isn't it? Also, but scary. That's the negative side of it. Instead of planting a seed and getting something in return, that's not planting a seed and not getting something in return. That's not motivation to give. I want to be clear. I want to be as clear as I can. We are saved or we are damned by works. Hang with me. Either we stand in our own works and what we did and what we didn't do and the the, the duty and reward and all this stuff and we perish forever or we live in the person and the work of Christ and what he's done and we have a new heart in him that he's given us and we're born again and then we have the motive of gracious love one of the two. Either there's a new creation in us it's going to live forever, or there ain't. Just like man preaching the gospel. Either a man preaches the gospel or he don't. Ain't no in between. It's just so. We need the Lord to teach us how to love. Like we looked last hour, the Lord's going to teach us how to talk and how to walk. And we need to be taught how to pray. And we need to be taught a lot of things. But you know what? We need to be taught how to give too. He He gave. We're gonna be lucky. Like We're gonna to have to learn how to give. How to give. I need to know how to give. I need to know when to give. I was taught that by there's a uh, she my mother, I'll tell you, she's gone with the Lord now. And my father, he's gone too. Uh boy, what examples I had, how to give and when to give. One time I said, I'm gonna buy a whole mess of air conditioners and send them somewhere. Mom said, That ain't a good idea, don't you do that. If them people want air conditioners for their pastors, they need to do it. And I thought, well, okay, I'll just hush and try to learn something about five years later i learned a lesson she was teaching me and you know what happened a church called me and said can you come put an air conditioner in for us i said i'll be down there tomorrow i got to do it anyway lord was gracious but we need to be taught how to give when to give we need to be taught why to give why do we give well it's what we do no it ain't that's duty we're to give for his glory we ain't giving to the church ain't giving to the pastor you're giving to god it's his Somebody says, "Well, ten percent's mine, or ten uh, percent's his, ninety percent's the Lord." You got it all messed up. It's a hundred percent his. <laughs> it's a hundred percent his, and we give it to his glory and for the furtherance of the gospel. And what's that? That's the betterment of the saints. Four hundred eighty-six people downloaded, or messages were downloaded in Switzerland last month from this place. That's you supporting this gospel. We preach Christ. whole mess of Mesa, Iowa all over the place, all over this world. And all that's to the praise of our Redeemer. Now, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Let's turn over there. 2 Corinthians 8. Both of these chapters are given to us to teach us something about giving. With that, there is no reason for any of us to be ill-informed or to be ignorant about this subject. They there ain't no excuse for us to be dumb when it concerns us. We ought to know exactly what it says. But and believers that have a new spirit in them, they're made teachable. They want to be. Do you want to learn? I want to learn how to serve God, don't you? I want him teach me. Do you want to be taught? And and believers are they want to be well taught, and they are well taught in this area. And I want to give you eight words. This is this is old as as 2 Corinthians. Chapter 8. <laughs> this outline. i want to give you eight words. And if you want to write them down, take them home. Study. Be like the Bereans. See if I'm lying to you. And not not, not hand-peck the preacher, okay? This ain't sharpshoot and stump the chump. See if it's what it says. I gave it book of Dawn's. I think he covers it too. But write these down. Study them at home. Go learn what this means. This is what God says we are going to give and how to to honor him. I want to know about that, do you? Paul writes to Corinth and he tells them about how abundant Macedonia gave. And they were poor. Corinth was rich. That, that place was expensive. Macedonia was poor. But God gave them liberty and he gave them power. And He made, made they made Paul take this abundant gift to minister to the saints. They said, here, we're going to provide for you going around preaching. And he said, I ain't going to take it. And they said, yes, you are. <laughs> Make them take it. And the Lord gave them liberty and power to do so, and he made them. And so they gave themselves to the Lord, the Scripture says. And after they gave them themselves to the Lord, they gave to Paul and Silas. Now here in verse eight or verse 5, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. That has to happen first. The Lord has to draw us to him and unto us by the will of God. This is something God does. Well, we're the means. Yeah, you're the means. You're the tool. He's the craftsman. You understand? We're his workmanship. This is God. This is how he works. I will watch him work. Now, in verse 7, here's our first word. Grace. Grace. Therefore, he's talking about what Macedonia did. He was, he was talking there to Corinth. He says, therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and in utterance and in knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us. All that's grace, isn't it? The Lord's to, to work that and do that in us. See that ye abound in this grace, also. This is important. God says it is. He gives a warning. He said, "You better be. Da- this is dangerous. It that means it's dangerous." <laughs> he said, "See that ye abound in this grace. This is a grace, and we were to abound in it." Paul says, "God was gracious to you in everything. He gave you utterance in preaching, in supporting missionary works, and sending people out, makes sure this gospel goes forth." In knowledge, he gave you the doctrine and in biblical knowledge and wisdom and being diligent, fervent for the gospel of Christ, hardworking, labor, industrious people. God was gracious to you in love. He came to you and he shed his love abroad in your hearts. That's pretty gracious. He gave us his son who is God is love. He came to us and did that. Now, with all that in mind, everything he's done for you, Corinth, See that ye bound in this grace also. Giving is a grace. It's a grace. Just like the grace of God's love towards us, just like that gracious gift of faith He gives us to believe, the faith of Christ, to believe in Christ, His unmerited favor, that's what grace is. We didn't do nothing to get it. In redemption. He bought us. We're bought with a price. Christ shed His blood for us. Giving, just like those things, is a grace of God too. And He does it. There is no such thing as a person who is truly born again that's not a giver. That's so. Because they're, they're made in his likeness. They have Christ dwelling in them. He's a giver. He makes us givers. Those to whom God has been merciful, what are they? Merciful. Those whom God's been, he's just suffered long with me. That'll make me What? Long suffering, not short tempered, not acting like a little kid, like a teenager. It makes me long suffering. We look through all those fruits of spirit. the Spirit. The ones that the, the Spirit to us is love. He puts that Spirit in us to love. He's loved us, we're loving. If He's made joy in us, we're joy. Peace, we're co- cool as c- cucumber, anyway. Cools as the other side of the pillow. Long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Paul says, against such there's no law. Do that all you want. Forgive all you want. Suffer long, as long as you want. (laughs) Knock yourself out. You want to serve God? Here you go. Get after it. And those things God has given, He's given His Son for us. Isn't that? Those that He's given His Son for, they give. John wrote, he said, Beloved, let us love one another, for God for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. That's a, that's a strong statement, Kevin. That's a strong statement the Lord said. If they don't love, they're not tenderhearted. They, they're not hearted in them. They don't know God. For God is love. It, in this was manifest the love of God towards us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. He gave his son, only son, that he loves, how he worded it. From Abraham and Isaac, would not I? Herein in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought, the word's a debt, debt of gratitude, we ought also to love one another. What's, what an easy thing that is. <laughs> it's called natural. It's instinct to the new man. You can't keep from it. Don't love your daughter. You don't love your son. <laughs> You can act like it for a little bit. You can't keep from it. It's in us. Shouldn't we love? Should a child of God forgive others? Should we suffer long? Should we bear burdens? Shouldn't we give? Shouldn't we give? Giving is not just money. That flesh that's carnal. I said that the other day about, uh, uh, oh, you better off now than you was four years ago. Does your mind go to fleshly things? Well, no, my back hurts more than that. I ain't talking about the carnal. I'm talking about the spirit. Ain't God taught us something and grew us and established us and gave us peace more than he did back then? Everybody talks about giving. They think of money. It ain't just money. Money's the easiest thing on earth to give. It's just a legal tender. All it is is a representation of me changing time, effort, or something else. That's all it is. It's just a marker make it wood. It don't make a difference, whatever it is. It's just a representation of my time and effort and all those things. Well, what's time effort that I have that's honoring to the Lord? In Matthew 25, he doesn't say nothing about money. He says, the king shall say to them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink." Well, what, ain't you got to buy meat? You could hunt it. I ate, we ate deer meat the other day. It was delicious. Well, what about, you got to buy a bottle of water? This is the only generation. Our forefathers would laugh at us for buying water. Just go get it. I was a stranger. You took me in. I could be in a tent or a house or whatever. He was compassionate because I took you in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. You just checked on me. What's well, my old faithful brother so and so? When was the last time you talked to him? Six months ago. Well, you ain't that close. I was in prison, and you came to me. What they answered, Lord? When did we see you, any of these things, we never saw you in prison and sick, and he ain't never been. He's a great physician. What are you talking about? King answered, said, "Barely I said unto you, as much as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Who who are we forgiving? Are we really forgiving them?" Is that an act we're doing? That's what happens because we've done. he's done it to us. Are we really giving to somebody else? We're giving to the Lord. Are we giving to San Diego Grace Fellowship whenever we make an offer in that little box with a hole in the top of it in the back? No, we're giving to the Lord. And it ain't out of duty. It ain't out of fear. It ain't out of quid pro quo. Because of grace and because of love. Love. Verse 8, that's the next word. First word, grace. Second word, love. I speak not by, uh, 2 Corinthians eight verse eight. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, to prove the sincerity of your love. You practice the grace of giving, not by commandment, not by math, but by love, and that proves how sincere the love of Christ is in you. Might well, give no more of that. Well then, don't. If you're if you're still under bondage, do that. Your generosity out of love will prove the love of Christ in you. Ordering you to give would not be grace. Paul said, I speak not by commandment. That ain't grace. I'm not making you do this. For me to set an amount of money, you've got to give. That's not grace. He says, just do it in love. Do whatever's in your heart to do. This is not what we love. This has to do with who we love. Look in verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that, Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. That that elder served the younger. Saw it last hour too, didn't he? (laughs) He had to be made poor so we could be blessed. He had to be made sin so we could be made his righteousness of God in him. Love is what led the Father to give Christ. This isn't legal. This isn't doctrine. This isn't armchair theology. Love did it. Love. He said, for God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. It was love that caused the son to give himself. He said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. How much does that cost? (laughs) It got nothing to do with money, does it? He gave his life for the sheep. He said, even as the father knoweth me, even as the father loves me, even so, I know the Father. The way the Father loves me is how I love the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. It's because of love. Love. He gave his life because of love. That's gracious, isn't it? The biblical way, the, the scriptural, God-honoring way to give is from a heart of love. That's it. Paul said, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. That's not tithing. That's all. A-double-L. If I give everything I got to feed the poor, And and though I give my body to be burned, if I lay down my life and I don't have charity, I don't have love. That's what charity means. Charity means love. That's pounding in my head. I don't know if I pound it in your heads. I hope I do. Charity means love. If I don't have love in doing this, it profiteth me nothing. Nothing. You can hand out all the soup kitchens you want to. If you ain't doing it because Christ loved you first, it don't matter nothing. Giving is a grace. Giving is motivated from a love for Christ. What's the next word? It says in verse 12, 2 Corinthians 8:12, If there first, if there be first a willing mind, love, not need, and first fruits. Why why on earth would I give my first fruits without knowing the need? What's the need of us to give our first fruits? Want. Willingness. Willingness. If there first be a willing mind. It is accepted according to a man that hath, to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Not grudgingly, not because we have to, not because we're going to get a reward or out of fear, but willingly. I want to. As a lady that sends me a check every month, she's older, and I said, "You ain't going to do that." You <laughs> just. She might be listening to this. I told her, "I said you stop that. I don't need that." And she says, "I can and I want to." Now you take it, just like those at Macedonia did to Paul. Now we can and we want to. Lord gave us to us. Now you push and take it. He's given it to you. What's the scripture say? God loveth a cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. He didn't give his son because because he had to, but out of love he wanted to. He was willing. That's what that kinsman redeemer had to be, wasn't it? Had to be related, had to be able, and had to be willing. Willing to redeem us. us Moabitus's. I have a cursed land and a cursed generation from our cursed great great grandpa. <laughs> he willingly did that. Willingly laid down his life. Willingly is the only way God will receive it. It says the amount does not matter. You give according to a man hath, not what he doesn't have. Christ willingly laid down his life. He had. He is life, and he laid down his life, of of. For us. That body that was prepared for him, he willingly laid it down. Willingly. And he had it to lay down. That's something. It says, according to a man hat, don't you ever sign a pledge card. Don't, don't you ever say what God's going to do or might do, or here's what I want to do down in the future. He ain't done that yet. It ain't what you're going to have. It's what you have right now. And if you ain't got it, don't worry about it. A fellow come to me one time. He said, man, I don't know if I can give this month. I lost my job. And I said, well, don't give. The Lord didn't increase you. It's that easy. <laughs> if the Lord was concerned about the money, he'd have kept your job. He ain't concerned about the money. It's all his anyway. Isn't it? Willingly. Pledging to do what we're going to say, what we're going to do in a, in a few. We ought to purpose things, but uh, to declare we're going to do something, that's sinful. It ain't good. Uh, it's according to what a man has, not what he's going to have. And however much that may be, more or less, it must be willing in that day. But that's for that day, according to a man hath. Not according to he hath not. I can't promise something I don't have. The Lord's the giver of life. He's promised life. He has it to give. You see how that's all is dictated on him? We got to know him first, don't we? Portion. That's the next one. Look back at 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. Verse 2. It says, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. We give in proportion to what God's given us. Who maketh thee to differ? The Lord makes us to differ, don't he? John the Baptist said, a man can receive nothing except it be given for him from heaven. But what if I, I give to the Lord, not the church, not the pastor, not even my brethren, but I give to him It's going to be in proportion to what the Lord gave me, and it's given to Him. Paul said in Colossians three, "Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord, and not unto men." Not unto men. We give in proportion as He hath prospered us. Those that have more, they can give more, and they want to give more because they know it's the Lord that gave that increase. And those that have less, they give less. And when I had less to give, I asked the Lord, "So would you?" I I like giving. Can you give me more to give? <laughs> can I pray more? Can I can I have more time suffering long? Can I bear the burdens of my brethren more? What's money? Do you see that? All these fruits of the Spirit? That's just money. He gave me money. I was able to give more. When I'm able to give more, I ask the Lord to increase me more so I can give more. And you know what? He's faithful every time I've done it. He's faithful. What can I do more? That's love, isn't it? Or like, eh, eh, I don't want to do that. I've done enough. That's not love. Love wants to do, love does something. I've told you that 500 times. Love does something and it wants to do something. It has a desire to do something. Me and Fred I was talking about this other day. Somebody told him it was on a fixed income. It was in passing. But, and I thought, you know, everybody's on a fixed income. Everybody's on a fixed income. You got what you got. You ain't got more than you got and you ain't got less than you got. It's fixed for that day. Now tomorrow might be more, tomorrow might be less. But it's fixed. It's what the Lord's prospered you. That's it. Might change, but that's all you got. And if the Lord grows us in grace and he grows us in this love and, and, and makes us willing, we grow, don't we? And he gives us more to handle. That's scriptural too. Not like I've done enough, I've finished the course, I've run a good race, and I'm thirty. I retired at thirty five, partially. I, if we would move someplace cheap, I wouldn't have had to work again. I'm thirty five. God's put me on this earth. I'm gonna work till I can't. I'm gonna preach till I can't. That's acceptable. Isn't it? That was the parable of the talents. That Lord said unto him, "said Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will. What's God going to do if He makes you faithful over a few things? I will make thee rule over many things. Lord, let me do that, and He let me do a little bit more. And it's all His doing. I want to do. Well, I'm I'm able to preach to all you people this morning. Do you think I want the Lord for me to preach to two hundred people, two thousand people?" Two million people? It's his doing. Don't you want to grow? I want to grow. I want the Lord to use me. I'm his. He bought me. I don't want to sit there and twiddle my thumbs. That's old Brother Spurgeon said. What You all know it, right? What's the key to Spurgeon's success of his ministry? My people, pray for me. Do you think of people sit around twiddling our thumbs in their basement going, well, we love old Brother Spurgeon. No, they promoted the man. The penny press. And you go on. People's down there, two of them go take shorthand notes while he preached because they didn't have recording devices. And then they would compare their shorthand notes, and then they would type it out long form like some old Gutenberg printing press or something, mining their P's and their Q's. They'd get them backwards, and they promoted that man because that was God's man sent to them. They loved their pastor, and they wanted other people to hear their pastor preach. They wanted it to grow too, and God blessed it, didn't they? We're not taxpayers. Do you understand that? We're sons and daughters. He says there in verse 13, back in 2 Corinthians 8, Verse 13, he said, For I mean not, remember we was talking about proportion, as God increased us. For I mean not that other men be eased and you burdened. Well, I just don't want to, it's toxic out there now, and this world's getting worse, and this Egypt's getting worse, and Moab we're living in is getting worse, but now you do it. You go work your hind end off. Paul said, I'm not having other people be eased and you be burdened. You ain't got to carry this whole thing on your shoulders, but by equality, equality. That now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, and that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. That's there's a blessing to give as it is received. There's a blessing on both ends, isn't it? Not that one's eased and another one's burdened. The Lord gives each of us differently. He gives each of us whether it's a work ethic, love, strong backs, whatever it is. But it's all His. It's all His. 100% Hundred percent of it is. If if it's all his, if if he's given me two biscuits and five fishes, five sardines, what do I care if you have two biscuits? Here, have a biscuit. Have two and a half sardines. It's fine. The Lord gave it to me. He'll give me more. That's faith. That woman gave the two mites. It wasn't that she gave all she had. That's what the Lord said. She gave all she had and believed in believing God. That's it. This is it. He gave it to me in the first place. If he wants to, he'll give it to me again. And what he does is right. That's faith. That's believing in God. If we believe God, he's going to teach us to make us willing in, a, in this grace and this love. It's the Lord's vineyards. It's his harvest. We just work here. We're just servants. Here's the next word, everyone. It said back in 1 Corinthians 16, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. That's not just the rich, but the poor too. Not just the old, but the young. Not just the young, but the old. See how I said that backwards? <laughs> not just you of working age, if you outside of working age, whether young or old. Not just the men, but the women. Every believer. This is this is a giver. And something's God given to them for them to share. Everybody's been given something. Like I said, this ain't just legal tender. This is time, money, prayer, long suffering. Not I'll save it to the end. Not saying you're gonna do it, do it. The woman in two months, she gave more than them all, but the amount's not important, is it? This is a grace. This is from love. This is a willing trust in the Savior to sustain us as he's promised he will. And if that's the case, it's going to be liberally. Liberally. The the son trusted the father, didn't he? That's his obedience. (laughs) His obedience is our obedience. It was perfect. I won't be like that. I won't trust him. And it's liberal. Look here in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. But this I say... He which soweth sparingly shall, also, shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. He gives us the picture of a farmer. Something we can understand. That's plainness of speech, isn't it? God fed me. <laughs> it ain't fancy. It's not com- complicated speech, words. It gives us a picture of the farmer. The more seeds you throw out, the more crops come up. Isn't it? God has sowed his word liberally among this nation. There's a great revival in San Diego County right now. There's a great revival in Malawi and in the Philippines. We was preaching last night and uh, Australia. And there, cause how many people deserve to be saved? God's poured out his blood liberally on us, hasn't he? Covered all of our sins, removed them all as far as the east is from the west. So how wouldn't we sow more? If a farmer gets that, like I want corn to grow and I never let go of the corn. It's corn it ain't going to germinate in my hand and pop up and Go through all the V stages of corn growth and not can eat a kernel of corn. It's got to be broadcast. we got to have an open hand. People say, Let me hold a dollar. That's how I used to, when I was a kid, that would for money. And that's all you're doing is holding it. It ain't yours. You can't ingest it. <laughs> you just happen to be carrying it right now. We just hold money and things and family. I have talents. God gave me five talents that woman and them four children. I'm just hope they're His. There he is. Job said that, the Lord gave, Lord take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. He doubled everything he had, but he had the same amount of children at the end. No, he still had the first amount. This is real important, let's stick with it, okay? God's going to teach us something. His, liber- His liberality, that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's impressive to me. I'm awestruck. A sinner like me, God would abundantly, exceedingly pardon And give me life everlasting and the the nature I can't say be conformed to image his son. I'm popping. I'm popping. That baby in the back, David. If I hold your baby after service is over, is that baby mine? (laughs) You got two fists to say it ain't, yeah. That's ridiculous. If the Lord's given me something, my wife, my children, all those things, it's his. It's his. Now, I may have to hold it, not drop it, and do the best I can with the knowledge he's given me to adhere to it. He's a God of means. But it's his. It's his. A heart, farmer holds that seed in his hand. It's never going to spring up. It's never going to ripen. it. It's never going to feed anybody if it stays in his hand. And the Lord tells us to broadcast this gospel. Do we hide it underneath? Do you just stay up on a mountain all the time? And and maybe we'll put a little Facebook post every now and then, or we're going to put our shoulder to it and get this gospel out there so people can hear it. i got brothers and sisters out there. And if not, Christ's name his glory needs to be proclaimed, whether they're my brothers or sisters or not. I want to do all I can, liberally, with everything in me. I want to give myself to the word as I'm commanded to do so so I can preach the word and prove myself faithful. And God has to do that, and I want him to do it in me. Money, yes. (laughs) That's just paying. Somebody's going to pay that lot bill. You can sit around and be like, well, let's just wait on the Lord for that lot bill to get paid. No, that's just money. What about mercy? Wisdom. I want wisdom. Kindness. I want to tell about Christ my wisdom. I want to tell tell about Christ who was kind to me. Tenderness, love. We sow in faith, trust in our Father, and He's the Lord of the harvest. It says in verse 6, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Purpose, that's the next word. Purpose. Let every man according as he purposeth in his heart. If we tithe, we don't purpose. It's just math, right? There's nothing in our hearts. Just you know what? That's been we're just following uh, uh, accounting. But when the Lord puts it in our heart, like you know, I've been thinking about them a lot, and I think we can really help them out or whatever it is, um, for for a tape ministry somewhere or, or for to support somebody traveling. That's somebody paid for Dawn's plane tickets all over this nation and world. And We found out who it was after after they died, but um, put it in our hearts. God puts it in our hearts to purpose it. Should we purpose to do this? He says to. Did he purpose to save us? Or was it just math? He purposed to do it. Didn't he? All things work together for good. to them called them or his own purpose. He saved us on purpose. In the heart, willingly, out of love, out of ability the Lord gave, out of liberality. You know what? Let's do this. This, this. we just did it. That, somebody might go rewind this. I don't want. You know what we did? We took a check to somebody that needed it, and boy, did they need it. And I didn't even know they needed it. And then they said, well, "I really needed this," and you did that. We all pitched in together. and We took it to them. Purpose. Purpose. Let's do it. Let's go visit somebody. Let's write a letter. Let's give a call. Let's pray for somebody. Let's provide for a missionary work. I want to. I want to get this gospel out of here. If it's laid on your heart to help those. That are the, the widows of faithful pastors. That's a purpose in your heart, isn't it? That's not ten percent. Purpose. Pur- what if God only shed His blood for ten percent of your sins? There's still grace in that. Even God's faithful preacher sent after His own heart. That's twelve tribes of Israel. The Levites had to live off of that, and so that's eleven left. Eleven given ten percent. That's a hundred and ten percent. Even his majet his law is wonderful. Even his majestic law, it's it's gracious. Just <laughs> built right in there. Peter was talking to Ananias and he said, Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? To keep back part of the price of the land. I remember, Anton said, Well, if you want to sell it, sell it. It's your business. But they said, Oh, we sold it and we're doing it to further to the gospel. We're gonna help the church out. And they gave some money. And Peter knew that they'd lied about it. And he said, why Satan filled you to do that? That's so. He said, you've lied to the Holy Ghost. Peter didn't say you lied to me, because that's who you give to the Lord, did not it? He said, while it remained, was it not your own whenever you owned it? And after it was sold, was it not in thy power? You could do anything you want with that. It's got to be willing. And thou hast con- convinced this thing in thine heart. You've conceived it in your heart. Ananias' purpose was to sell that and make himself look good like he gave a whole bunch to the church and it was a lie. He lied to the Holy Ghost. It wasn't just Peter and everybody else. They seen it. They sinned against God. That's what he's saying. <laughs> against thee and thee only have I sinned. He didn't know that yet. But Peter was telling him. He said, You've con- conceived this in your own heart. Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. I want to have. I want the Lord to give me purpose to serve him and, and for it to be truly for Christ and for, for my brethren. And this giving's performed in and of means and people, but it's unto the Lord. It's unto the Lord. All that. Everything He's done for us. And everything He purposed to do for us. Is this just something on a piece of paper, or did He do it? We're about there in John. Is it finished? He said He came to do His Father's work. Did He do it? He did it. I know it's super simple. Here's the last word perform. Perform. Now do it. Do it. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 11. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. Do it. Money, yeah, whatever, money. Be merciful. Forgive. Have have sound wisdom. Long-suffering. Love one another. Be kind to one another. Be tender to one another. Don't just talk about doing it. Do it. Well, it would be nice if we did this. Do it. Brother Mahan said that, Paul Mahan. He said, Somebody's telling him, he said, Well, the church ought to do this. He said, Who you think a church is? That's you. <laughs> do it. I would say, if you want to paint this wall red, paint, don't paint this wall red, okay? We'll try to keep our walls the same color. Do it. Perform it. Get after it. Has the Lord been gracious? Did he do it in love? Was our kinsman Redeemer willing? Did he give the right proportion as our propitiation? Was his blood applied liberally? Did he save by accident or did he save on purpose? And did he perform it? He did, didn't he? I wrote this down the other day. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to turn to it. Romans 12. <clears throat> Verse 1. Look, look at chapter 11, verse 36. Speaking of Christ, Romans eleven thirty-six. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This ain't hard. This ain't. I can't believe he'd say something like that. Uh, this The Lord's revealed this to us. This is reasonable. I'm mad at somebody. Well, get over it. <laughs> you as enemies against God, and he forgave you. So, ah, that's right. I forgot about that. Maybe I ain't so mad after all. Performing. It's reasonable. Reasonable service, isn't it? And then we think of today. This whole nation getting ready to celebrate Christmas. Was it reasonable him to come to us? It seems unreasonable. He would die for somebody like me and live for me and die for me and be punished for me, forsaken for me, and be risen for me and intercede for me. But then we go back to the beginning, don't we? Well, gracious. That's in love. He did that willingly. Oh, it was abundant. It was abundant. That's something. That beats a baby in a manger, don't it? <laughs> Little trinkets. I pray the Lord will be with you and your families this week. And uh, no midweek service. Uh enjoy the time with your families and time off from work and time off from school and uh and Lord we'll meet again next Sunday and we'll finish out this year meeting together. So thank you.